Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Hello, Channel Pros. Welcome to the Channel Journeys podcast. This is Rob Spee, your host and founder of Channel Journeys, a podcast that I launched a year ago. This is episode 41, the final episode of 2019. Can you believe it? Before we dive into today's show, I want to first thank all of my guests, all 41 of you, for sharing your channel journeys. You guys have shared so many great stories, tips, insights, I know I could write a book with all that we've learned over the past 40 episodes, and I want to thank you, my listeners, for inspiring me with your feedback, your encouragement, and your compliments. You guys are awesome. And I have to give a shout out to Jenny Ponce. She is my invaluable sidekick who helps me get every episode posted. She does the show notes and summaries that you can find online at softwarebusinessgrowth.com. Big help. Thank you, Jenny. And I have one more awesome show for you with a really fun guest. He is a channel super connector. You may have heard him speak. He speaks at uh, many channel conferences. Now, before I started Channel Journeys, I wrote a blog titled, Is It Time to Go 100% Channel? And that blog got the most hits and likes of anything that I had ever written up to then. So I was super excited to learn that today's guest, John Delosier, is taking his company 8x8, on a journey from 100% direct business to 100% channel. And he's doing that because their CEO saw that as a path to get 8x8 to the next level. And if you caught last week's episode, I was talking with Tiffany Bova about her 10 paths to growth from the Growth IQ book. And 8x8 is taking two of those paths, at least two, the partnership path and the market acceleration path in a really cool way. I think you're really going to enjoy hearing from John, who many of you may know as JD, and some of the things that JD is doing with their Elevate Partner Program really blew my socks off. So let's get started with John Delosier. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, John, good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Journeys podcast. Great to have you on the show. Thanks, Rob. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, you're very welcome. So you are a special guest, John, not just because you're special, but I think you're my final guest of 2019, the last interview of this decade. Unbelievable. Can you believe it? 2020. I mean, it's unreal to me that we're in 2020. It is unreal. It is unreal. I'm sure it's going to be a very exciting decade. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun decade in the channel with with all the changes. And who knows what's coming up next? Exactly right. We didn't see it coming, (laughs) did we? 2010 on, and it's just been a crazy run. I'm loving it. It it has been. So, John, are you a podcast listener? I am. I am a I'm a podcast listener. I'm very particular in what I listen to, and your podcast is so very interesting. I feel like you're on cutting edge of kind of what's happening in the technology world, and that's why we're here. I, I love this podcast. Well, thank you very much. Do you have any idea how many channel podcasts there are? No, I don't. So Jay McBain and I are doing a little research and writing an article about this. At first, I thought there were about a dozen. When I first started this a year ago, I found five or six. Well, we found 64 channel podcasts. (laughs) How about that? Very, very cool. By the way, we've never talked about this. Jay is a good friend and his bride 
works for JSG Consulting, as you might know, and they are the consult the preferred consulting firm of 8x8. So I know Michelle very well. Well, what a small world because I've seen you at various channel events and it was Janet Shines who formally introduced us and I just recently had her on the show. Ah, oh boy. I'm following in the footsteps of Janet as always. In the footstep of giants. There you go. That's right. Well, awesome. Well, a lot to talk about. I want to talk about some things that you're doing since you got there at 8 by 8 You're doing a lot of exciting work and you're making some changes and rethinking your channel strategy. But this is the Channel Journeys podcast. So let's kind of get into your channel journey. How did you get to 8 by 8 in the first place? Yeah, thanks. It's a crazy, crazy story. You know, you wake up and, and suddenly you're here. So I won't bore you with all the detail, but I have never not been in the channel. And so I started this little company as a senior in college in 1995, and that company called ACT, which listeners out there can absolutely Google, became the premier integration and application development company around the Avaya Contact Center in North America. Uh, The DevConnect program, for example, at Avaya, we were member number one. We formed that with them. And eventually... January 1st of 2007, sold that to Avaya's largest contact center, VAR, Cross Telecom. I became a principal there under the leadership of Bob Coughlin, who owned that company. We sold that in 2010 to Aero Electronics, where I ran global sales for three years and then ended up, you know, bouncing from CenturyLink then to 8x8. And the reason why I came to 8x8 was very simple. You know, in my mind, there are two places you want to be either in the cloud or in security. Security, pretty saturated a couple of years ago from my perspective. All awesome opportunity in the cloud. 8x8 was the company that invested in the platform and engineering and kind of my background. And so it was an easy choice for me to come to 8x8. And you've always been in the communication space, is that right? I have, I have. I have been fortunate to you know, be in this business for... Oh my goodness, it's unbelievable, Rob. 20 years now and very happy to be in the space, very happy to grow up in the space and unbelievably, you know, watching this industry just explode in the last decade. What? So you joined, you you formed this company right out of college, ACT? I did, yeah. Wow, what prompted you to do that? That's a pretty audacious move. Yeah, I wish I could take the credit. You know, I had a guy, a partner, his name is Jerry Perkins. He owns a company called Symbi Technologies, which is a very prominent AWS company today. But Jerry and I started the company. He was a DJ. I was the rapper. He came from the Marine Corps. He studied UHF, VHF communications, had an idea to start a company, brought me in, and the rest is history. So yeah, it was a really good run. That's awesome. And then our paths crossed at Arrow about that time frame. I was in the IBM group then. That's right. When when Arrow formed S3. Yeah, exactly right. So, you know, Arrow, amazing company, 33 billion reasons to be successful. And as you know better than anybody, you know, just so many different parts to the business. And so Arrow acquired Cross, combined us with shared technologies to form Arrow SI. And again, another great run there. And by the way, you know, from a communications perspective, doing what we do today in the cloud, just on-prem, it was just a different world. Yeah, it is. Okay, so you landed 8x8. What did the channel look like there when you arrived? 
Oh, man. So I got to give a lot of credit to my boss, our CEO, Vic Verma. He, you know, he's a visionary and has a history of starting companies and making them successful, et cetera. President at Lockheed and eventually a board member at 8x8 and then took over as CEO. And he had a vision to take this company to the next level. The path to the next level before Vic got there was all direct. And so Vic said, you know what, I would rather teach, you know, a hundred people to fish 10 fish than one to teach, you know, fish 10. And so channel became his vision. He brought in, in my opinion, the best of the best. My team is pretty awesome and said, we're going to go to the channel. And so Vic really had that vision about a year and a half ago, put me in the seat and, uh, and we're taken off. Interesting. So he said the path forward, the path to growth and the next level is via the channel. Was his vision a 100% channel company or more kind of augmenting with the channel to accelerate growth? You know, in fairness, I think eventually it was augmenting. Yeah. To be honest with you, I think that he didn't, I don't want to say he underestimated, but he definitely, you know, had been used to the direct motion, but something in him said it's channel. And once we started showing him the power of the channel, I think very quickly he converted to say, you know, we are a channel company. Let's move forward. Let's go channel. Let's invest. Let's push all the chips in. I think a year and a half ago, he went to Wall Street and said that. They might have thought he was a little bit nuts. And a year and a half later, they're happy he did. Where are you today in a year and a half in terms of percentage of your business that goes through the channel? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So 60% of the business goes through the channel. This last quarter, public record, Seven of our top 10 largest deals were channel deals. They say that we have a direct business. I don't know where that business is, to be honest with you. I laugh with my peers that run enterprise sales, Scott Sampson, our small business and mid-market leader, Sam Wilson. We laugh all the time that we know there's some direct business at 8x8. Even the sales leaders don't know where it is. We really are focused on the channel. So that must be legacy business that you're, you still have, I would guess, all new business. Is that, is that a channel first or channel only strategy going forward? Absolutely. Channel, I would say channel first, you know, channel only. There's not a hard, fast rule, but, you know, my peers are amazing. You know, these guys that run sales here at 8x8, we're tagging channel partners all day long. The channel partners trust us. They know we're channel first. They're bringing us deals. We're bringing them deals. We're creating opportunity for them. It's really a cool, really cool environment where it's a give and take. What do you mean by that give and take? Well, I mean, you know, look, we'll take every deal, right? As channel partners bring opportunity to us at 8x8, we're going to take them in. We're going to love on them. We're going to make them feel welcome. We're going to yep. show them the 8x8 way. But we're also going to go back to our channel partners with our award-winning Elevate Blitz Days, et cetera, where we give our channel partners lead generation and opportunity to just be amazing. And, you know, we want them all day long to take advantage of the power of our company and give them opportunity as much as we take opportunity. So Elevate, that, I love that name. That's your partner program. That, that's what you built when you came on board? Yes, it is. Elevate, E-L-E-V, the number eight, is the channel program. That's the brand globally. And so, you know, there's a place for everybody rob and elevate so you know we have our master agency play and elevate place for them we have our var community which is fairly new you've heard about cloud fuel with scan source 
and the play with the VARs. We love our MSPs, group purchasing organizations, digital, alternative channels or alternative routes to market. There is a place for everybody in that Elevate program. So what does that program include? You talked about Blitz Days. I want to dive more into that because that sounds really cool, something people can leverage. What, what else is included or kind of key components of the Elevate program? If you don't mind, Blitz Days. Let's talk about that just for a second. So Blitz Day is pretty, pretty cool. It's an opportunity for a partner, a master agent from a national perspective or a sub agent from a sub perspective for basically eight by eight to invade that company for a day. We take over. We own that office. We bring the wood. We bring the marketing team. We bring the sales team. We hit the phones with lists that either they have prompted us to call or lists that we have brought to them. And oh, by the way, several months before we even hit their their location, we're nurturing these lists. We're drip campaigning them. We're bombing them with cloud opportunity. So by the time we get to the location on that day, you know, we're hitting the phones, old school, by the way, hitting the phones, calling opportunities, calling prospects, and creating demand gen that has been unbelievable. I mean, we'll go into a we'll go into an organization in one day and create a quarter of a million in deal registrations and opportunity, you know, 50 to 100 opportunities and go close those deals. So we really believe, and by the way, that's on our dime. So we believe in investing in our partners and bringing them those opportunities. So blitz days are very, very big for 8 by 8 So you've got a team of, let's call them BDRs that are in there. They know how to call and prospect, and they're sitting down calling alongside your partner's call center folks? Yeah, it's an art. Honestly, I'm not that good at that. It's pretty amazing to watch these guys do their work. These guys and gals jump in. They make these calls. They're closing deals that day. They're creating amazing demand gen. Rob, it's an art. It's amazing to watch. That is awesome. And do you also bring partners to your location or is it always going out to their location? Typically, we want to meet them where they are. We love going to their spot. You know, one of my favorite movies is the movie Gladiator. And remember at the beginning of Gladiator when Maximus, before they go into any battle, they feel the dirt. Remember, he picked the dirt up. He wanted to feel it, understand the battlefield. I mean, my team knows... They laugh at this podcast guaranteed because I'm always asking asking them, are you feeling the dirt? You know, we want to feel the dirt, right, with our partners. We want to understand their environment, their battlefield, where they, you know, where the rubber meets the road, where they make the sales. And so we like to come to them. We'll bring them to us. That's fine. But we really like to go to them and do it. Very cool. How many of these do you do a year? No, it's crazy. You know, we're... We're doing right now, on average, somewhere between 60 and 70 a quarter. No way. 60 or 70 blitz days? Yeah. Yes. Man, oh, man. So, you know, we're approaching, I think, you know, our marketing team in the channel here at 8 is led by a gal named Tina Smith, who is best of the best, one of my chief lieutenants. And she, you know, she is relentless in the pursuit of these blitz days. So you're looking at anywhere from 250 to 300 a year. Again, it's become award-winning. It's being recognized by organizations like CRN and Channel Partners. And our partners just so appreciate it because, you know, if you're a partner in that space, it's hard. This is hard work. It's hard finding those opportunities. And when you have a supplier that's willing to bring you the opportunities because they believe in you, it changes the whole game. Yeah, that, that is just incredible. How big a team do you have to do this? 
So, you know, in the U.S., somewhere around, you know, it changes every day. We're adding employees literally by the day. So a staff of somewhere around 130 to 150 in the U.S. alone. But remember that we're doing this in the U.K. We're doing this in the ANZ region, Australia, New Zealand. We just made an acquisition in Singapore, a company called WaveCell. So we're present in Asia Pac, and uh, we're bringing it there as well. So whatever the country, whatever the theater, whatever the language, 8x8 is stepping up and stepping in. Man, that is a game changer. That's just awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. I mean, our partners are seeing amazing success. And by the way, you know, it's a little selfish, right? Because the more successful we are with them, the more successful we are with this program, you know, the more opportunity for 8x8 from a growth perspective, from a revenue perspective, et cetera. What's the business model for the partners? They get a commission on the deals? Yeah, it depends, you know, on the route to market. So Elevate is, is many different things. But from a master agent perspective, yes, we pay the top of the heap in terms of commissions to our master agents throughout the world. So they've come to love us for that. From a VAR perspective, a little bit different. You know, it's really their customers, their business. We give them a, the right kind of cost, the right kind of programmatics to make them successful. But yeah. Typically, from a master agent perspective, it's all about the commission. Interesting. So you are you go, are going down different routes with the commission model, but then you're going to the discount reseller model. That's right. We're the first cloud company to really do that and do that effectively. So, you know, for us, again, we don't decide the route to market. We are agnostic there. We have an award-winning platform, Magic Quadrant, eight years in a row, as you know, from UCAS. Challenger in the CCAS space now, seven years in a row. You know, we provide that platform, that software, that opportunity. We don't really care how you go to market. We just want to serve you there. And so if you're a master agent, terrific. Sub agent, terrific. If you're a VAR, love it. We're going to go help you there. MSPs, we're stepping up and stepping in. Our alliances program is starting to take off. And so for us, it's really a matter of meeting customers and partners where they are. You know, it's interesting, John, at the Channel Partners event earlier this year, I think it was in Vegas, and there was a lot of talk about, and there has been talk about business models converging, and I wrote an article on it. But I, at the time, I think the telco, telecom companies, when they said business models are converging, they were really hoping that the VARs would adopt that commission model and move away from resale and, and not be so hung up on having the deals on their paper. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I read that article, by the way, well done. It's interesting in that we thought that it would just happen, you know, and I think that, I think that we overthought it. You know, I believe that a master agent and a sub agent has a route to market that they are used to, they're good at, they're going to continue to do and do it successfully. But the VAR model is completely different. You know, there are so many different aspects to that in that, there's a billing aspect, there's a taxation aspect, there's an acquisition aspect, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Coming from that world, I understand it. And so we thought that, oh, the VARs would just say, you know what, let's just go to the agency model. Or the agent said, oh, let's just go sell some wholesale. They don't, Rob, they don't really mix. And so what we realized is that, okay, they're not mixing. Let's not try to force anything. Let's meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was the conclusion I came to as well. But I knew the, the telecom companies were really resistant to that. I think for them to adopt what you're doing, and maybe you have a lot more nimbleness and agility than they do to, to do this. Yeah, I think we do. 
honestly. You know, from a SaaS perspective, it's different than your than your mama's telco, right? We are not the phone company. Transport is not our game here. We care about software. We care about applications. And we care about getting our software to the world, whether that's through a master agent, whether it's through a VAR, whether it's through an MSP or an alliance partner. We don't, honestly, Rob, we don't really care. Let them decide how they want to take it to the world. We just want them to do it. How much of a services play is there for the VARs? They're going to get the margin on the on the product, but is there a services play for them as well? Totally. That is the play in my mind. You know, for them, for us, again, we're selling them software. We're selling licenses. We don't care about transport. We don't care about the build on top. Now, if you're a VAR, and I was one, as you know, for 16 years. So if you're a VAR, okay, Thank you, 8x8. Thank you for the licensing. Thank you for the software. Now, I'm going to build a maintenance practice on top of that. I'm going to build a services practice on top of that. Oh, 8x8, you acquired WaveCell, a CPaaS company? Awesome. I'm going to integrate and write applications on top of your platform, and I'm going to sell them to my customers for hundreds of thousands of dollars. We love it. We support it. We're into it. We're going to help them any way we can. But at the end of the day, that is all theirs for the taking. We care about our software. That's it. Yeah. And that's, I think, becoming a bigger and bigger component for partners. It's that services drag. Uh, without systems, we see it could be anywhere to one to 4x the services on, on the subscription. 100% correct. And by the way, we're proud of that. We're proud to see a service delivered to a customer powered by 8x8. We're proud to see maintenance delivered to a customer, powered by 8x8. We're excited to support our partners in that manner. Do you have a professional services organization or have you said, no, we're going we're gonna to farm that out to the channel? No, we do. We have a ProServe org. Again, legacy, right? It's been there for a long, long time. The last year and a half, we've gotten totally super serious about the partner community, but that professional services org is very much available to that partner community from a tier two perspective. There are times... When our partners come to us and say, you know what, this is a little bit out of my pay grade. I'd like you guys to step in and step up. And so we're there to support them in that tier two, tier three, tier four, not only from a maintenance perspective, from a pro-serve perspective. Yeah, I think that your PS organization shifts a bit, and this is what I'm seeing in my company, from that pure delivery arm to more of a delivery enablement of partners and then stepping in in the real tough jobs. That's a key word, enablement. Yeah. You got it right. We want to make sure they know we're here for them. Yep, exactly. All right. So enablement, blitz days, what else is part of Elevate? So, you know, Elevate, I always think about the Elevate program in my mind as a pyramid. So we've been really good in the first year of my reign here under our CEO to deliver the Elevate Master program and we, our masters are amazing. We've got 12 masters from top to bottom. They're the typical suspects. Five or six, seven of them are the ones that really matter. We're very, very proud of that. We're very successful in that. We're breaking records every quarter there. We're very thankful for the Intellisys and the Avants and the Simplifies, the Planet Ones, the Tolarises, the TBIs. Really, really, really proud of their performance. The second part of that pyramid is really digging more into the subagent community. And I got to tell you, from an Elevate subagent perspective, again, remember, it's accretive. It's not cutting out the masters in any way, shape, or form, but it's really certifying them in really 
enabling them and training them and certifying them in the dirt, in the ground, in the geography to be successful. Those are the, those are the folks that are closing the deals. Yep. The master agents are enabling those sub agents to do that. We're enabling both, but we know and recognize that the second half of that pyramid is for sure the sub agent community. And the third side of the pyramid is really the alternative channels led by the VARs. And that's what we've talked about. You know, this is, Fairly new, you know. We announced Cloud Fuel with ScanSource, again meeting that market space, accretive to master sub, and really diving in there. You'll see more and more opportunity around those are alternative routes to market, whether it be VAR, whether it be GPOs, whether it be digital. We'll continue to invest on that side. So to add these alternative channels, what does that mean for you from a technology or process perspective because now you have you know different ways of paying or recognizing partners maybe different ways of tracking them are you having to make some changes or additions well the the cool thing is yeah so operationally yeah there's differences there i mean we pay differently we charge differently we support differently we staff differently the sales motions are different all those things but here's the beauty of eight by eight and rob this is what it comes down to our X series, our platform, it is one platform that is complete. Whether it's a receptionist phone or an Omni contact center agent opportunity, it is all exactly the same. So from our perspective, you know, it's a complete standalone solution. Again, ACD, IVR, Omni channel, dialer, you know, it doesn't matter analytics to measure all of it across the board for each route to market. It's built on that platform. It's secure. It's future-proof. It's all about AI. And we don't really care about the route to market of the partner community. We're going to support them where they are. Being all on one platform, do you have a, a land and expand strategy where you try to get in with one of the components and then build from there? Absolutely. I mean, I will tell you today that UCAS seems to be the red thread. Now, there's a race to zero there. We all know that you know UCAS is the table stakes. Mm-hmm. That you know, basic telephony and the ability to offer UCAS is super duper important. But once you get there, you know, there's opportunity in contact center. There's opportunity in CPAS. Again, the wave cell acquisition for partners to write their own applications, et cetera. I don't do a call today, you and I this week. I don't do a call that doesn't involve video. And so for me, there absolutely are all kinds of opportunities for land and expand. We do have customers, believe it or not, partners that bring customers that start out with contact center. And they're like, oh, you have a UCAS platform, which always cracks me up. But yes, there it's definitely a land and expand. And we're seeing those customers, those partners continue to grow their portfolios as we move forward. Excellent. Well, we talked about coming up, up on 2020. They got the next decade ahead. What's next? Are you thinking already of other things you want to expand into with your with Elevate? Yeah, you know, again, in 2020, you'll see from an 8x8 perspective of a big-time focus on education, certification, 8x8 university with our sub-agent community. Mm-hmm. Again, all of those sub-agents work through masters, which we're very proud of and, and very supportive of. You'll see this VAR thing continue to expand. I think cloud fuel has real legs. You know, some of our competitors have tried to push a different motion to our VARs. Our VARs aren't going to accept that. They're going to always have their customers 
and they want us to support their customers in the way they support them. So you'll see VAR continue to grow, and I think you'll see expansion there. So the other two sides of that pyramid, the subagent community, the alternative channels, you'll see those grow here at 8 by 8 Excellent. Excellent. Well, John, I always like to jump into a little bit of the, the personal side of the channel journey. Recently, I mentioned we talked about Janet and she was on the show and she was talking about how to become an influencer. And, and she was influencer of the year, right? That award that she got. When she referred to you, she said, yeah, you got to talk to John. He is a super connector. His partners are following him to eight by eight. And just want to touch on that a little bit. How did you, I don't know if you consider yourself a super connector, but how did you become that? How did you become so influential? Wow. That's a tough one. One of my favorite traits is humility. So that's a tough one to answer. First of all, first of all, coming from Janet, that is a huge compliment. And, you know, honestly, Rob, I think it's about genuineness. You know, we sometimes in this business, sometimes in any business, you can start believing your own hype and you can start reading the press and, oh, this, you know, you killed it here, you killed it there, et cetera. For me, Honestly, and this is, I don't know if it'll come through. I hope it does. I am so interested in the janitor as well as the CEO. I really love their stories. I listen. I'm interested in their journeys. I really appreciate our team and the performers. My boss, our CEO, Vic, always says to me, JD, don't ever believe your own BS. And he's so right in that. You know, so for me, I really appreciate those folks that. Yes, they can stand on the stage polished. They can deliver an amazing 40-minute speech and get people to applaud them and all those things. But man, I love being in the ditch too. I love getting on a call with partners and understanding their challenges and really jumping in the weeds with them. Hands in the dirt, right? Yes, right. Feeling the dirt. I think that's part of it. So I don't know. You know what? Thank you, Janet. I don't know if that translates into you know, chief influencer. But for me, it's a very genuine play. And I love being part of the community, even if it's a small part. Well, I think it does touch on partners who who believe in you and trust you, right? And and want to follow you. I hope so. You know, they know that we're going to, first of all, let me just say this, and, and I might get in trouble for this one. We will fail sometime along the line. This is technology. It's never perfect. And, and things happen, right? The one thing I can guarantee you, and you can write this down, you're recording it, and you can put this out to the world, 8 by 8 will never quit. And I will never quit as chief partner, you know, advocate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we believe in our partners. We support our partners. We are with our partners. We aren't looking at the things that we don't need to look at. We just want them to be successful. Yeah, I think that's the key to it is wanting them to be successful. You're not thinking about your success, you're thinking about their success because yours is going to follow. 100%. I've had the opportunity to work with some of the best. You know, I look at the Rick Dellers and the Jeff Shepstones, the Ted Schumans, the Adam Edwards, the Brent Saxons and Shane Heisey's. And I've been fortunate, man. Karen Fields, you know, been around these leaders that have been so incredibly successful in their businesses. And so I take that very seriously. You know, they trust me, you know, with part of their business. And so that is something that we take very seriously over here at 8 by 8 and want them to be successful. That's fantastic. Well, how about outside the channel? You are passionate about the channel. What other passions do you have? 
Yeah, yeah. You and I talked about this earlier this week. Outside of my family, you know, I you know I have five kids. So 22, 21, 15, 12, and 8. That's a handful. Every day. Two funny stories quickly. Somebody asked me the other day, JD, you know, we were over at your place and we noticed you didn't have a Ferrari in the driveway. And I said, yeah, that's because I pay tuition. So, you know, five kids, that's a lot of responsibility, not a lot of free time. And another story, my eight-year-old, same punchline, asked me the other day, you know, he said, Jake said to me, dad, why don't you have a six pack? And I said, because I pay tuition. That's why. <laughs> and so, you know, for me, my family, I'm passionate about my family and so fortunate to be blessed with amazing children and amazing wife who gets our business. She's from it. But I love music. You know, I am a, I've played guitar since I was a little kid. I'm passionate about music. I love, I'm an eighties guy. So I love classic rock. I love the influence of that genre. I do listen to all kinds of music and friends, fortunately, with you know a bunch of musicians and writers. And so I love music. I love golf, Rob. I'm not that good at it, but I love hanging out for four hours with my pals, hitting some golf balls and talking some smack and just unwinding a little bit from this crazy world we're in. Yeah, that's awesome. So you said 80s rocker music. Do you have favorite bands that you like to play or music you like to play? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, again, I love musicians. I don't, I'm not so big on the auto-tune world of today. I like guys and gals that, you know, stepped in front of a microphone and had to play an instrument and be successful. Everybody knows diehard Van Halen fan, more of a Sammy Hagar guy, amazing musician. As you know, I've got to know him a little bit. Love that genre. I'm a big Journey fan. You know, I love Steve Perry's voice. I think the greatest rock band of all time might be Led Zeppelin. Kind of laid it down for all of us. Big GNR fan, like Guns N' Roses. So from a rock perspective, you know, that's kind of where I play in that space. But again, you know, I'll throw some country on. A bunch of those folks over there I love hearing their their music and their world. I've been known to put some hip-hop you know, 80s dance, some rapping. I like it all. I like it all. I'm a music guy. That's fun. You know, Lance Armstrong has a podcast and he interviewed Sammy Hager. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Okay. I haven't heard that. I'll have to check that out. Sammy's pretty amazing. We hired him to come in. This is a quick story for you. We hired him at my last stop to come in as our entertainment for a pretty big show. We had 2000 people there. My keynote speaker was the amazing Rob Shanahan, the photographer of the rock stars, who was a dear friend and uh, had photoed Sammy a couple times. And so we we reached out to Sammy and his crew. And, you know, he I don't know if you know this. He turned 72 in October. I can't believe I'm even saying that and actually meeting him. But he came over and one day I got a phone call from him. He said, John, this is Sam Hagar. And I thought it was my guys playing a joke on me. (laughs) I mean, I'm like, okay, funny, funny Chandler, Sammy Hagar, right? And no, it's really Sammy Hagar. And he said, look, I want to come speak at your gig. I'm really interested in the technology world and what you guys are doing. But I only want to come if you'll incorporate me into the business discussion. And so he ended up coming out hanging out with us, talking about Cabo Wabo tequila that he sold for $85 million as sole investor and really digging into business with us. So he is one of the most amazing, interesting guys I've ever met. And by the way, culminated with the House of Blues night where he just brought the noise with the circle. So it was amazing. He's a great guy. That is fantastic, man. He is quite the businessman. It's so funny because he's got that great song, 
red and he's always wearing the red pants and but his business was definitely in the black. He is the red rocker. His business was definitely in the black. He's now partnering with uh he just mentioned this by the way on the stage a couple of years ago. He's now partnering with Adam Levine in a rum company. And so I think alcohol might be the red thread there for him. <laughs> Not as a consumer, but certainly as a businessman. He's a great human being. I really really enjoyed spending time with him. That is awesome. All right. Well, John, great conversation. And did I miss anything? Was there anything you wanted to chat about that you wished I would have asked you? No, I just, I love the Journeys podcast, man. You're doing a great job. I love being a a guest on your show. Thank you very, very much. Look forward to doing it again with you and look forward to the next year. You know, 2020 is going to be huge for the partner community. I'm excited and humbled to be their servant and look forward to many successes as we move down the road. Awesome. Bring it on. 2020, I'll see you there. All right, Rob. Thanks a ton. You're welcome. Okay, guys, as they say in show business, that's a wrap. What a great way to end the year. Thank you for listening, and thank you, John, for a super fun and informative interview. I think we're going to have to give him a new title. Instead of Channel Chief, he's now the Channel Gladiator, feeling the dirt. Well, can you believe it? They went from zero to 60% channel in one and a half years. It's no wonder when they're doing amazing things like 60 to 70 blitz days a quarter. That's over 250 a year. That's amazing. Well, as always, you can find show notes and links from today's episode. Find them at channeljourneys.com backslash CJ41. And be sure to subscribe to Channel Journeys wherever you're listening to the show so you don't miss a single episode. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. That's going to help continue to spread the word, spread the show, and get us a lot more new listeners in the channel. Join me next year when we're going to have another great lineup of interesting, fun, and informative shows. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you are too. And until then, I want to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas, joyous holidays, and a Happy New Year. And until then, of course, have a great channel journey. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, please forward it to your channel friends. And be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure.